Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size Podcast. My name's Clayton at Clayton's AFC and as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I'm not joined by Nima, I'm joined by regular and long-time listener FPL Kroner who goes by the name of Pontus. Welcome Pontus. Thank you, thank you. Pod debut, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, a bit nervous, not usually used to speaking English, so, uh, but it will be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, your English is very, very good. And um, yeah, like I said, uh, obviously your long-term yeah. listener, most regular, one of the most regular listeners of the pod. So always appreciate your support and uh, yeah, delighted to finally have you on. So thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, thank you. And uh, do you mind telling me a bit about <clears throat> a bit, is, bit about yourself even? So I guess how, how long have you been an Arsenal fan? How did you get into Arsenal? Favourite player? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um been an Arsenal fan from as long as I can remember. I started remember football, like watching football, like World Cup 2002, I think, nice. around <coughs> that time. And uh, Freddie Jungberg like, was uh, an Arsenal player. Swedish, of course. So I saw him with a invincible poster on my wall at home. So basically, through him, I became an Arsenal fan and been ever since. Oh, amazing. So, was- do you have a favourite Freddie Lundberg memory in particular? Scoring at Old Trafford to win the league, help us win the league, maybe. I think I'm <laughs> on the limit of remembering that. Sure. Uh, uh, so, favourite player, I would say Fabregas because he's more like my generation when I okay. grew up and started watching more regularly. Okay, fair play. Nice. And uh, what have you made of the season so far? Mixed. Uh, I'm not really sure how I'm feeling because, like, as you and Nim often talk about, it doesn't feel the same like last season. Maybe yeah. because we have higher expectations and so we are a bit disappointed because it isn't as free flowing. Or, yeah, we're disappointed when we drop points last season. If we had this point total, we probably would have been super happy and excited anyway but now we're like fuck city have dropped the points here and there and we're still behind them and we wanted to be ahead yeah. when they drop points so uh, i'm i'm not really sure how i think no fair enough it's a yeah it's definitely a very different season i think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of level of expectation has just gone through the roof and i, yeah. I feel it on match days when i'm there now like Saturday three o'clock games at Arsenal for me at home have always been one of my favourite days out. And um, it's always it's a big social, go meet my friends for breakfast, go to the pub. The vibe's always good. You te- at, at home, you back us to beat most teams. So we tend to win. Um, you then go out after and stuff. And even on Saturday for the Burnley game, it just felt so flat everywhere. And uh, obviously before our game Spurs lost so that pit the vibe was good in the pubs yeah. and stuff and walking across the bridge to the stadium you heard people cheering and you're thinking okay like what's going on there um and then you get into the stadium and it, everything was just flat um and I think it's just become routine now which is obviously on one hand great because it shows the level of dominance and how good we are but on the other it's, it's a bit anticlimactic that just turning up to games expecting to win and then go home sort of thing so um yeah definitely from, different what, oh sorry go on. on the tv it feels a bit like 
anxious almost like yeah we are nervous when because the goal when the goal isn't coming we're not oh no we're gonna drop point it feels like that that the fans are like when are we gonna score oh no we're not gonna score so it becomes a bit quiet yeah and uh that's that's one of the biggest things that's changed from last season i think especially my memory of the first half of last season where it was you're rocking up and i think there wasn't that expectation and it was just a big party <laughs> it was that's how i can yeah. describe it and the football was free flowing and stuff and uh yeah the crowd was behind everyone people were making mistakes and the crowd would then chant their name and but it's hard to compare because i think naturally that level Different of expectation has changed yeah and um if we want to go and win every competition that we're left in this is the reality of how the teams we're going to play and the way yeah. they set up obviously then influences how we approach that but so with that in mind let's uh go on to the actual reviewing of the game so lineup came out and uh for those listening on the podcast the graphic we've got on the screen is obviously the lineup uh, from the burnley game so in case you need a, a reminder it was david ryer in goal uh there was no ben white so it was tommy asu at right back back the rest of the back four was saliba gabriel and zinchenko so two goals coming from the back four <laughs> uh, midfield three was Jorginho, declan rice and kai havertz who i'm sure we'll talk about um and then the front three was martinelli trossard and saka uh was there any standout performers for you from the, from the team think same as everyone Sinchenko, Saliba and yeah Trossard I think was great yeah what's your what, what do you think of Trossard in the false nine generally a bit like you I like him because he is similar to Jesus we yeah. get the more dynamic style fluid with Eddie he's brilliant nine but not as comfortable going deep and in interchanging with the wingers uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, I like Trossard as false nine. Yeah, I think he he just ties everything so nicely, and that's what I've said previously. What you've just said, I just feel like, yeah, stylistically, he is the closest that we have to Jesus, and I think it helps yeah. the fluidity essentially. Um, I think definitely just echo what you said. I think Enketia is fantastic in the box as a number nine, but does he knit the whole attack together um probably not and that's not a fault of him it's just people's strengths and stuff right uh, you mentioned zinchenko and saliba as well um yeah these sort of games just feel like they suit zinchenko to a t right <laughs> yeah definitely and especially we had a ball they barely posed a threat like offensively it felt like we could do anything pass around him and we know how good technically he is so yeah he had the time on the ball and they couldn't really get to him. Yeah, he he just floats around the pitch effortlessly. Yeah. And I think it's the... I know on one hand, uh, a lot of our fan base, and myself included sometimes, gets a bit frustrated with the kind of Hollywood passing. Um, but when it comes off and he breaks lines with ease and he progresses the ball really high up uh, and covers a lot of metres through his passes, um, and then he puts us in a different zone to then go off yeah. and attack, he... He's phenomenal. And uh, his it's goal amazing. was just, yeah, I actually watched the Karate Kid the other night. Nothing to do with Zinchenko, <laughs> just pure coincidence. But um, yeah. yeah, fantastic goal as well. Brilliant. And um, yeah, and you mentioned Saliba as well. He uh, He's another one. I just, every week. Just, I'm, I, yeah, and I'm conscious it, it was Burnley. And yeah, sure, they didn't have the 
yeah, the best attackers in the world out there to judge him on. But every week he just looks like he's a level above everyone. And uh, from my seat in the ground, I couldn't actually see his goal properly. I thought it was an own goal or something. So yeah. um, when I saw him running off celebrating, I was really confused on what happened. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, but um, yeah, another what top top class performance from him. And um, yeah, I want to I want to get your opinion on uh, yeah Kai Havertz. So what, what did you think of him in the game? A bit of a passenger. I felt this game. He has been better lately. I feel like found his space a bit more, but a bit of a passenger had some success with Saka combining with him, but. Not as good as he has been versus Sevilla, and uh, yeah. So, yeah, back to his normal self, I guess. Yeah, it's really disappointing because I, I, like you, I thought against Sevilla he was uh, better. Uh, Newcastle, I actually thought he was pretty good in that right half space. And as you know, I've been quite critical of him this season. But it's games like this and Sheffield United where I just I think the bar needs to be higher for him, and he needs to demand more. Um, and what minute did he get subbed off as well? I've just got my notes in front of me. Uh, 59th minute he was subbed. And I just feel like that against the team that's probably going to get relegated. He just have to be doing better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like in the games where it's we want him to be very involved in our attack, like when we possession games he hasn't been very good at all this season but like when there are a bit more open we can transition games yeah i've i've liked him more but you feel like he should be good in these tight games where they are deep blocks as well because he's quick he's technical technically good so i just don't know why it isn't clicking because i feel like it should yeah it's like on paper he fits the idea of what you think he can be and then the reality is a little bit different and yeah I think the the constant theme from me this season has been the kind of urgency and off the ball movement going forward and that's the thing that I don't see I think defensively he is absolutely like I I think he's very good defensively (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, very good at winning the ball back I think he presses really intelligently as well it's just from both when he plays it a bit deeper when Odegaard is fit, and now when he presses as the front two, he yeah. does both roles very well. Yeah, like, I think... Sorry, go on. Uh, but like you say, like on the ball and movements to get into space, etc. Um, I am starting to be with you. At first I was like, yeah, give him a few games, but now um, he needs to do more. Like Something isn't there. Yeah. Do you think it will come good? What What do you think needs to happen for him to really win over everyone, let's say? Yeah, like to win over everyone, obviously, goals and assists, like because we know how <laughs> how people judge football, it's goals and yeah, assists. Very output uh, in the end. Yeah. But like for me, like just be more involved in every game, not just shine sometimes in 30 minutes of game, like be involved in 70, 80, 90 minutes make a statement and yeah goals and assist it feels too basic to say he needs a goal or an assist to get going but it feels like that but maybe that's because we want an easy solution 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know because I, I, I'm with you. I sometimes think the same, but then I think he literally scored a penalty against Bournemouth, yeah. and then nothing happened. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, obviously as a, as a fan, like we all want the best for him, and you can tell in the uh, was it the yeah was the severe game where he had that was it severe or Newcastle where he took the shot from outside the box and it was curling. I want to say it was severe. Um, I think I think it was yeah. Yeah, there was that and. Uh, against Sheffield United in the final few minutes. He was running in on his right hand, uh, uh, on his right foot. He took a shot and it hit the side netting. And everyone's like trying to get behind him. But yeah, it's just, it's not quite there. And I, I don't want to make this the Kai Havertz show when we won 3-1. It's just something that it's the yeah. obvious elephant in the room every yeah, time. Absolutely. Arsenal. Just look uh, at the, what do you say, grades, grading scores. He's the lowest on the orange. Everyone else is green or yeah. So it's hard to not look at him and question it. Yeah, very true. And um yeah, is there anyone else you want to discuss before we go into the kind of general summary of the match and and look at a bit I more? I guess Saka has been a talk on Twitter, I've seen, like because recently we have had some tough games, so maybe that can explain, but XG and XGI wise, he hasn't been as high up as normally, it's been pretty low, I think. Zero, fifteen zero, like yeah. not high. So, but I think it's Twitter talk. Something sometimes that just happens. He's still been involved in the goals. You know, four games. It's extremely small sample size. Yeah. People overreact and like want to create an issue where there isn't one. I think it's one of those as well. You look at. I think this will be the theme this season, and we'll touch on it later with one of the graphics we've got lined up, but. We we get into really good areas and then teams are actually very good at suffocating and nullifying yeah. space in the areas we want to then access. Um, and it feels like it's just a catch-22, really, in terms of... You, you see it, I think it's night and day with uh, our wingers in Europe versus in the Premier League and the way yeah, teams yeah. set up, right? It's um, it, And that's why, in my opinion, there's nothing to do with <laughs> Saka or Martinelli. It's just the way teams set up and they... That teams are really clever at uh, shortening the spaces in the key areas yeah. that we try to occupy in those in that final yeah. third. Yeah. Um, any more? For any more before we go into the match stats? No, not really. I think we've covered the key performers. Cool. Um, so yeah, narrative of the game. So uh, it was one of those where, okay, so stats was a. Uh, in terms of XG, so all of the stats are taken from Mark, our stats bot, which we use uh, yep. every week. And uh, yeah, the XG, according to his model, was 2.81 to 0.31. Uh, the threat was 2.26 to 0.75. Possession, 62.8 to 37.2. Field tilt champions, 77.9 <laughs> to 22.1. Um, yeah. And then def defensive action height was a uh, fifty point seven to thirty five point seven, and it's uh, everything statistically pointed to uh, dominance. And it was one yeah. of those that, yeah, on paper and statistically, we were in cruise control. Um, did you yeah. feel that way before the first goal? Yeah, I kind of did. Like a bit slow, like you can see on the stats here. It's not extremely high and it pops up a bit with the goal but yeah it felt like we were just filling them out you know trying to see where the space would open up and try not force it like just wait be patient roll it around go back and forth 
to try and find dopamine. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt, to be honest. And it was one of the... I. Uh, do you know what? Credit to Burnley as well. I actually thought they set up really well. Um, yeah. And given the... Without sounding patronising, given the quality of their playing staff available, um, and there's a, there's a golf in quality there, right? But yeah, the way company tactically set them up, I thought was really impressive. Um, and it made us work for it. And I think that's another thing, like you just illustrate, uh, like you just said, and the graphic illustrates the, the the XG, the threat. It was just a slow kind of jab, jab, jab. Yeah. It was like we were moving them around, trying to fill them out. They would have occasions where they would get the ball and just ping a, a, a sequence yeah. together. But we weren't really creating anything of note uh, until the Trossard chance which even though it was quite a <laughs> I mean fair play it was very brave of him to go for it um and yeah like you say the xg kind of shoots up with that chance but yeah it was one of the I I hate cliches but I sometimes I'm not smart enough to think of anything other than a cliche <laughs> it just felt like the right time to score yeah. um I, I could sense the frustration in the crowd in where we were moving the ball not really getting anywhere Burnley were suffocating uh the the central areas we were going out yeah. wide and they were doubled up and it was the story that we've seen so much in the last uh 18 not even 18 months the last since the back end of last season yeah. sort of thing um so it's cliche guessing... for a reason i feel like sometimes it's just What's a cliche that, for a reason sometimes it's a cliche for a reason like you know yeah you there are truths to them boring but yeah something like i felt like I want to go before half time. Like it shouldn't really matter because we still got 45 minutes to go. But like it feels like versus low block, bottom half teams like probably gonna to struggle to stay up. If you don't get to go before half time, they can hype themselves up a bit in the 50 minutes and just push on even better uh, second yeah. half. So exactly, the goal yeah. felt very important. Yeah, and uh, just before we go on to the rest of the game, we've got a couple of the a couple of the lads in the chat. So we've got Hassan. Uh, yes, lads, just got on now. So um, hey, mate, ho hope you're good. Uh, Hassan's joined on joined us before as well. Um, we've got my man Bobby Love in the house. Mandem, hope you're good, Bobby. Uh, not seen not seen Bobby in a long time. So uh, yeah, hope you're good, mate. Cheers for joining in, lads. Let us know what you thought of the game. Uh, and what you think of the season so far as well. And uh, if you've got any questions for Pontus, uh, drop them in because we'll be doing a Q&A at the end, depending on the time. So, yeah, drop in any questions you got. Um, but, yeah, so Trossard got his goal. Uh, that was a really anticlimactic moment because... Uh, yeah. The ball, yeah, the uh, I didn't know what was going on in the stadium. I, yeah. I thought, oh, has it been ruled out for something? Is it going to VAR? No. Um, and, yeah, because he, he scored... And then the whole crowd celebrated and then kind of stopped. Um, mm. And you could see the players hesitating and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, he, he got up. He was fine. And then you had Rice getting everyone going. Yeah. And I want to say Saka as well. But um, yeah, yeah, thank God he was Saka. fine. Yeah, you, you got a little, bit, a little bit worried because, like, if he held his arm, like, you know, in a sling. So you're like, yeah. that's that usually isn't a good sign. Like, it's something with the shoulder. And if it's the shoulder they often take them off because they can get aggravated and get worse pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, but when he started to, touching his arm, I felt like, oh, maybe that was an impact with a post or something that could just get better as during the halftime. Yeah. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, proved to be the case. Obviously, he, um, came back out, and uh, yeah, he was he was fine. And uh, well, I was about to jump the gun there. I was about to talk about his assist for uh, Saliba from the corner, but before that, uh, we come out half time. Uh, how how did you think we were playing for that ten minutes after half time, just before that um, Brownhill scored? How how did you think we kind of came out second half? A bit like nonchalant like we felt we, we had won the game like still controlling the game but like felt like a bit lower tempo not as much yeah a bit slower not as much moving them around like not 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 purpose with the passes more like yeah we pass it to the guy who's free and not trying to create something yeah uh, was my feeling yeah, I felt the same. And like, I'll be honest, I, I don't get me wrong, I didn't think a Burnley goal was coming. It was just more, yeah. are we going to do enough to really put this game to bed like we did against Sheffield United? And yeah. um, did you think it was a foul? So going to the Burnley goal, did you think it was a foul on Tommy Asu? Like it's one if it's given. Yeah, but like he pulls, I don't know the Burnley name, player's name, but like he pulls his shirt as well. So it's like, VAR ain't gonna step in because both are pulling each other, so it's basically yes, the incident that happens. So no, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a foul for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's one of those. If if it's given, I can kind of understand it, but yeah, yeah I, I wasn't losing any sleep over it, and uh, it was just. It, I love Tommy, but I just feel like he had to be a bit stronger there, to be honest. And clear yeah, his lines. Um, yeah, but yeah, then. Obviously, the ball comes in, we half clear it, and then it ricochets in. And I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, like I'm literally just sat yeah. here thinking, this is going to be one of those days. Um, and then we come out and we <laughs> straight away, almost, it was like three minutes after we go, uh, we get a corner. Uh, and like I said, I was confused who scored, uh, but it turned out to be Saliba when I heard everyone singing his name and I saw him running off like a madman. So yeah, yeah. that was a really good instant response. And that felt like more the Arsenal of last season. When we conceded, we would bounce back and we would score yeah. within a few minutes. And it was nice because I feel like this game and other games of similar nature, it's like we said, we're not scoring as freely and the chances aren't coming. So it was nice to just go off, get a corner, score a goal and then have the game yeah. state in our favor again yeah. so how are you feeling exactly. in that moment yeah very happy like you say if it has felt this is like if we don't get the goal the crowd gets a bit anxious the players seems like they also feel the pressure a bit more so i'm just happy we got it early so we didn't have to think about that yeah uh, and it was also pretty obvious we had uh, founder realized how trafford isn't good in those situations because we had several corners in the same area, trying to find a guy who stood right by him. Yeah. The first corner. It was really obvious we were trying that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and um, it's one of those though. You can you can see again by the graphic that our XG, because Trossard's goal, he was literally a few yards out. Salim, yeah, as he was basically true. on the line, and it's like they they yeah. just both shoot up with those yeah. two chances. And uh, again, one of my I know we won. Uh, comfortably in the end but one of my concerns is are those chances free-flowing clear chances and I know you can't dismiss set pieces but um yeah I don't know it, it's a slight concern I've got which I know we'll yeah. talk on later um but yeah so you can see then on the graphic we're, we're cruising um statistically yeah. anyway um and we've gone two one up and you're thinking okay let's just do our thing now try, try to see the game off and then there's a big oof, 
in the crowd when Vieira goes for a, yeah. a tackle and my gut instinct from my seat in the stadium was that's a red um and obviously yeah. I couldn't see it in detail but what what was your reaction when you first saw it not replays or anything just in the moment gut instinct I think the same like I, yeah. I, I hoped it would be a yellow but like I expected it to be a red <laughs> because I think if if they give a yellow they probably change it but like yeah it's one of those stupid mistakes yeah and uh I, i've just so i've just jumped way ahead on the timeline there but um it was i, I completely misread one <laughs> it of the didn't happen too much anyway so. yeah it was it was a lot later in the game i misread uh the substitution which i wanted to talk about which was a uh, Vieira obviously coming on for Havertz, and it was one of those yeah. what made me want to bring that up was the whole discussion around the left eight and uh yeah it feels like no one and i've seen we've got a question from bobby on this uh in terms of Havertz positioning right center mid left center mid um so uh we'll, we'll do that later um bobby if that's all right but in the context of this conversation it was Havertz wasn't really pulling up any trees Vieira came on to get his moment we were two one up um the game state felt like it kind of suited him uh you know at half time i actually wanted uh Jorginho to go off and yeah. Rice to go in the six and then bring Vieira on because I thought yeah. the game would have suited him, but he kind of did an alternative and just hooked Havertz, rightly so. Um, but yeah, what did you make of Vieira's performance before the red anyway? <sighs> Nothing much like basically the same as Havertz. The game ran by, ran by him, it felt like. Couldn't really get yeah. into the game. Uh, and just like you, I felt, I think I even tweeted it at halftime, that it, assuming Trostad was fine, maybe around 60 minutes, we switch for Fuenio for Vieira and play with uh, those three in the middle instead. Okay, I, d um, I didn't see that. Yeah, great minds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he didn't do anything to impress or, but not, not much time on the pitch either. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, and then uh, in general, how, how did you feel? So we went 2-1 up, and how, how did you feel we managed that period uh, in between that, yeah, the Saliba goal and then the Zinchenko one? So there was a 20-minute period where, uh, again, statistically, you look at it and it doesn't look like we really did anything. <laughs> but, um, and uh, yeah, I, I felt okay. I felt like it was kind of similar to the first half in the sense that we were controlling the ball and the game, but... Yeah. didn't really feel like a clear chance was coming i don't know how you felt um the same i think more like the first off like where we at least tried to find something but were patient and not like i felt the first 15 10 minutes in the second half were like we're just pausing it around for the sake of pausing it around yeah we had some purpose but like you said couldn't get into the right places and when we did we were a bit the, the final pause the final touch was off yeah, and um, yeah, that's definitely something that has been a theme, which we'll obviously talk about later. Um, and then uh, getting the the sequence of events correct this time, um, Zinchenko <laughs> obviously scores his uh, incredible goal to wrap off an impressive performance from him. Um, yeah, yeah, what a goal like that! <laughs> incredible. Uh, yeah, and I was happy for him because he's someone that. I think he came in last season and he really elevated us as a team, right? In terms of what we expect yeah. and how we play, how we see the game, uh, expectations. And he's kind of fallen out of favour. Yeah. Um, yeah, this season. And right, look, and rightly so, just on performances. He hasn't been as 
to the level we know he can be. But uh, I was happy for him. It was, um, yeah. And you could see he's obviously he's a very emotional character, right? So he was probably yeah. jigging up the crowd and all of this. And yeah, yeah. So you can tell if that if that helps him get his not not that he's lost any confidence, but if that no, helps but, him, then I know what you mean. Yeah, then albeit that's that's what we need we need everyone firing on all cylinders um, and i feel like he could be that type of you know confidence player like he needs to feel that he like not that he needs the you know arm around the shoulder type thing but for himself to feel like he's important to think to feel that he's performing very well i feel like if he starts questioning himself you notice it in a drop off of his level yeah um, oh yeah i completely agree yeah well said um and then yeah so it's 3-1 and and this moment i'm thinking yeah chill get, game's done yeah. um and then exactly. this is where i'll insert the comments about Vieira. <laughs> got yeah. to, this is where i meant to talk about the red card um yeah but like yeah. we said we, we kind of touched on that now um and yeah, yeah statistically that that was the game really um yeah nothing was, happened really yeah it was just it was routine um it was a case of we played the cards we were dealt in terms of how they defended against us we yeah. found a way to get the goals and get the job done uh it's an annoying goal to concede but other than that they didn't really like they didn't create anything look at their look at their xg it's just completely yeah, it's flat and uh it's yeah. the theme this season we defensively we are absolutely phenomenal um yeah. it's it's scary. Although I did, I did think there were periods in the game where Burnley, Burnley moved the ball and got into good areas, just didn't. Have yeah, they just couldn't get the final pause, final action. Yeah. Um. So I, I, yeah, I must say I was impressed. Uh, one thing I want to move on to is this graphic. So for people on the podcast, this is another graphic from Mark R Stats, and it, we have used something similar before, and it's the zone fourteen and half space passes. Um, zone 14 for people that aren't aware are, is the area just outside of the box centrally and half space is obviously either side of it um, which is where typically uh, our right and left eights and Saka and or Martinelli and the fullbacks tend to operate in the offensive third why I wanted to bring this up is this I feel illustrates the theme that I'm seeing this season in terms of Arsenal progressing centrally. I feel like we're really struggling to access that zone 14 and teams are really packing out the middle. And I feel like we're really good at, well, are we good at it or are teams forcing us this way to go wide and we'll get into the half spaces and stuff. But last season, it felt like we had three V2s everywhere in that yeah. final third. And this season, we're really struggling to access it. Um, do you... Is that something that you found this season? Do you think that's being overblown? What do you think about that? Bit of both. I think it's being overblown, but like I understand it. We want the perfection. We want to level up from last season. Uh, but it's also an issue. Like we, as you see on the screen, and we, you can probably do that for almost every game this season. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Something is wrong, but like I can't really get my head on how or why it's a problem. Like, what's different? What are teams doing differently? Um, is there anything we are doing much differently? I, I don't really know what's yeah the main issue. Yeah, I think for me it's um, I feel like we have changed our approach in how we 
move up the pitch. And I feel like yeah. obviously there's been a conscious effort to go a bit, s- slow the tempo down. And I want to emphasize the word. I feel like there's been a conscious approach to do that because yeah, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying anything new that people wouldn't have heard elsewhere, but um, based on the lessons learned from last season and Arteta wanting to go for more control, nullify transitions. But I think as a result of going that way, teams are able to settle into a defensive structure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've got more time to do it. And therefore, you're, we lose the ability to kind of really punch through and catch people out and access one area, flip it, create an overload. And it's just because we slow the tempo down. I mean, it's like yeah. we really try to slowly suffocate and put a right. strangle on teams. And um, I think it's a combination of that with the change in dynamic in midfield. I think the biggest thing last season was the balance of the midfield gave the combination of creative passing, aggressive ball progression and all off the ball running. And I think yeah. we've gone and got one of the best in the world <laughs> at carrying off the ball running, yeah. uh, winning the ball. He's really improving at his um, ball progression, in my opinion. Definitely. But the balance with him and Havertz and Odegaard and Odegaard's not been performing to his best ability this season. Nope. I think, that for me is the biggest issue, the midfield balance, which then I think would help click in the final third. So I think it's a combination of that combined with the choice to go with the slower tempo. Yeah, and a bit for me, I feel like we haven't had, like it's not an excuse, but like we haven't had all party hasn't been fit, uh, Odegaard has been injured. Like we don't have, haven't had the option of changing from due to game state. Like you often talk about finisher starters, I feel like that kind of was the plan with Hubbards getting in. Like he maybe wasn't supposed to start every game, but jump on some games, start, and maybe that's also like creating an issue because we haven't been able to use Party and Rice together in some games, and in some games get the Party on later, for example, because that's something I think was the plan to not use Party as much. And now we've been injured anyway, so yeah, but like. I, I think so as well. I, I think that it's it's all single points of failure, right? And like as good as I think he is on the ball, um, his availability is is an issue. Yeah. Um, and again, it looks like I think the latest is that he potentially won't be back until the new year, right? So yeah, um, yeah, concerns there. But I, I think it's something that I've look. Well, I, I'm I've been not complaining, but I've been raising this concern that we're still getting the points. Um, we're yeah, we're obviously doing okay in the league. Well, I say okay, we're literally joint second, so uh, we're one, yeah. yeah, we're one point behind Man City. And the fact that I'm going, yeah, we're doing okay, speaks volumes about the levels yeah. that we've gone to. Um, but it's one of those statistically that we're defensively, we're absolutely fantastic, offensively, there's room for improvement, and it's two ways that it can go right. One is the whole, is this just our ceiling as an attack or the second the is the yeah the front three haven't really played together and we haven't really clicked yet so it could be yeah. frightening if we do so um it's one of those one to monitor but yeah i trust arteta so much 100 percent yeah 100%. he is so good at just finding solutions to things yeah. so yeah yeah is that, I, why, I, 
Shutter I code. sometimes can get annoyed when I look at Twitter like tacticals. I, I love them because you learn so much more from the game, but sometimes they are very stubborn and feel like their ideas are perfect and correct and like just change this thing and everything works. Yeah. And maybe yeah. I'm probably a bit like to trust Arteta too much and like he will solve it. But like if it was just as easy as, for example, a very common thing, make Odegaard left eight, for example, if, if it was just that easy, he would have why done hasn't it. Arteta done it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm always if, fascinated. If that's the solution in the end, but like if it's only that thing, which I feel like some people talk about, like, yeah, just switch Havertz and Erdogan, for example, and, and it will click perfectly. Well, me, you're going to love one of the questions that we've got lined up for later. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was just, like I said, that was a graphic that I thought illustrates yeah. quite nicely what we're up against this season. Teams essentially packing out the middle, forcing us to go wide. And when we do go wide, um, the, the middle's packed and there's there's no door uh through yeah. so uh we're, we're doing well all things considered it's just it would be nice to see us create chances <laughs> um, yeah. consistently. Yeah. but man city are struggling with it so it's, yeah uh, maybe it's just the next evolution of the premier league in terms of yeah, could be, tactical could be. defending yeah and we're watching it in front of our eyes but uh before we move on we've got uh my mate uncle mike he's in the house evening lads and the mic's off to my motherland goa soon so yeah have a have a lovely time mate uh, enjoy rest up in the international break so uh before we go on to questions was there any more that you wanted to cover from the specific burnley game no i think no? we've covered well nice uh one thing so i'm gonna before i go into the questions that have actually come up and yeah guys that are in the chat uh whack them in because we're doing good for time for once so uh <laughs> yeah got plenty of time to answer questions um I wanted to mention the stuff going around about Ramsdale. I don't know if you've seen some yeah. of the comments from his dad. And uh, yeah, what, yeah, what, what, do, what do you think of the quotes that have come out? And yeah, the quotes aren't great. Like, why is he doing an interview? Like, I don't really understand it. And if if you do an interview, you shouldn't really talk about your son yeah. and his position. At least not in that way. I get it. I probably would have done the same if it was my kid. But like. You shouldn't put yourself or or him in that position because he either gets support or he puts hate or pressure on Raya. So it it's a lose lose situation for both parties. I feel, but yeah. like I have some sort of sympathy because I don't know if you saw that, but like I think it was one week ago or something like that, where Raya's agent had done some sort of interview or something as well, where yeah. he mentioned. He was the first choice when they signed Ramsdale, etc. That's unnecessary as well. And you can say the agent isn't in, in control of the rise and in control of the agent, but he knows what's going on. They probably talked about it in some extent. And the agent doesn't go rogue in that yeah. way either. So Yeah, I'm, I'm again very similar to you. I just I, I I'm very understanding of how disappointing it can be yeah especially with the nature of the team he came in but like and the team he's kind of grown into and he obviously was part of a title challenging team and yeah. had to get displaced but then on the other hand i'm just thinking the same thing happened to leno when he came in yeah. and yeah. granted it was two different evolutions of arsenal but 
same thing happened previously. And if we yeah, want exactly. to be this elite team that we know we get all can be, that we all yeah. know we can be this absolutely elite team, that's the level. And if our manager, yeah. who we all trust, feels he's seen like regardless of whether we think Raya or Ramsdale are equal in ability or very similar, our manager who has shown us he is at that level to take us yep. to challenging for the title against this absolute juggernaut. He's made a decision that he thinks he can get more from that exactly. position. And um, I just think there's a and, way to uh, go about it. Like, keep your head down, work hard, yeah. and when you get a chance, take it. That That's yeah. how you have to do it. Exactly. Uh, and you did that, you know, the famous pod he did do when uh, Trossard was on. Uh, the clip from that pod where he says, like, Trossard is coming in to take his place and it's going to raise Saka, Martinelli, Jesus' level because they know that and they want to keep their place. Yeah, is it? It's the exact same scenario, different position, and you know, goalkeepers are normally a bit different, but the mentality should still be the same. Yeah, I'm being challenged now. I've got to prove myself. So let's go. Like, if you hadn't done, and you always want want the player to talk, but like, it's hard to sympathize when you say one thing and your dad then, like, maybe you don't feel that, but. It's hard to believe that your dad doesn't know in some way what's going on and how you're feeling. Yeah, and uh, I think that's the thing. It's like there's certain things I agree. Like it's nice to see players talk and kind of have their personality yeah. out there, but there's certain things where you just feel like just be professional and yeah. kind of keep your head down, keep things in house, uh, and work hard. Like people aren't idiots. They'll be able to. They'll, people will know. Like you'll be disappointed. It'll be weird if he wasn't, but. Yeah. There's a way to respond to it, I guess. Um, and I think his dad going and doing this is probably not the greatest. But yeah, that's a, yeah. Where, where where are you at on David Raya out of interest? I think like everyone, he hasn't impressed very much. But like I I still think I feel a bit calmer with him in goal. I don't I don't know if it's just and you know how much I have rated Ramsdale. I wasn't convinced. I think we spoke in the summer when we signed Raya, I didn't understand it because yeah. yeah, we could improve Ramsdale, but I didn't think Raya was that much better. Yeah. Um, but he has to feel it's calmer. I feel like he's in a position to claim crosses more easily. He is more aggressive in those positions. And I think that makes me, and it feels like the backline a bit calmer. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I feel the same. Uh, it's, every now and then, I feel like he holds on the ball a little bit too long and invites pressure where people get quite close to closing him down but i yeah. think that's part and parcel of what you're gonna get uh, overall though i because i'm someone that i put myself out there i uh i'd say i was quite critical of rams though and i i really believed it was a position that i thought we could significantly upgrade and i'll put my hands up and say i um i don't think i've seen that um yeah, yeah i i can see what raya brings to the team that rams doesn't in terms of that composure and ability to slow it down um, but yeah, that there's been a lot of even the Newcastle goal. I know it shouldn't have been a goal, but yeah, if he just claims the ball or gets rid of it, we're not even having a conversation about VAR. So, nope. um, yeah, I, I do feel like it. The the margins are finer than I thought they'd be. Let's let's just say yeah. that. But it's a long season, so let's see. Yeah, um, Rai has also gotten away with it a bit because we have the Harvards. He hasn't clicked either. So like, if we had clicked. Been as fluid as we were last season, Ryan would have been even more under pressure because yeah. then he would have been the biggest issue. Now you have the 
creativity issue with some fortune, etc. So he's probably <laughs> been lucky in that regard, I think. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it'll be interesting because obviously first game after the international break is um, Brentford away, which he won't be yeah. able to play in. So, yeah, let's see how Rams does, does, deals with that. Uh, next question we've got is from my man Bobby. And um, yeah, it's, it made me laugh because it was similar to what you were discussing earlier. So Bobby's yeah. actually put two questions in and I'm going to combine them. So first yeah. of all was, uh, sorry for tuning in late. Do not worry. <laughs> so you might have discussed. Um, but how do you think Havertz has looked at right centre midfield? Thought his first half performance was much better than what we've seen at left centre mid. And then to add on to that, he said, would like to see a switch of Odegaard and Havertz sides and see if that can possibly free the spaces for Saka a bit more on the wing and then bring Martinelli more into play centrally with Odegaard on his side. So there's a lot of information there, but I guess it's the general yeah. discussion Cover, on yeah. Havertz, where's his best position and the kind of left centre mid options, right centre mid and Odegaard. So floor is yours. Where Where's your head at with all of that? As you probably know, seeing your report, I'm a bit mixed, but like, I'm not sure how it's best position. He knows, Arteta knows, uh, he has an idea, but I think like, like you said, we haven't had this rotation in midfield because we had have issues in one or two positions all the time. So yeah. we haven't gotten set in midfield, but I wouldn't mind seeing Perigord at left eight, uh, but Will it be an improvement? I don't know, because I think Havertz at left eight probably can perform to a level just down at right eight. For me, it more seems like it's the type of games he thrives in, like Newcastle, high pace, yeah. many duels, like fast, Sevilla the same. So I'm not convinced it's the right centimeter he's better at, or if it's the specific games, like game states from those games. That's, that's really interesting, actually. I. Yeah, I hadn't really made that connection um, in terms of, I guess, more transitional games that suit yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a really good point. Um, yeah, for what it's worth, I, I'm not sure about Odegaard left centre mid. I think the one thing that I'm noticing a lot is the connection between him and Saka and the lanes that they yeah. used to have open. That's all nullified. So it's immediately kind of cutting the supply between the two, right? Um and so I think that obviously isn't helping. Um, but then we saw Odegaard in the left centre mid role um, against West Ham. He scored and like ran and ran into the space yeah. quite nicely. So, in terms of what Bobby actually said, would it ask, would it actually free the spaces for Saka a bit more on the wing, and would it bring Martinelli into play centrally? Uh, I can see awesome. that. Yeah, yeah, that that's a really good point. And that, there has been phases in games where Saka's actually gone drifting a little bit into yeah. central zones, which has been quite nice. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's one. It's just, I would be up, to be honest, I would be up for seeing fluid rotation of uh, players in different zones yeah. in the game, just because I feel like teams are very comfortable with the structure they're able to bring against us because they know the patterns and the zones people are going to occupy. So that's what I quite like about the unpredictability of moving things around and still maintaining our positional play, but just changing the personnel that occupy yeah. the different zones, yep. I think. And it should be able to like have, say, Erdogan mainly as a right eight, but it should be able to float and Harvard, even Vieira is comfortable on both sides. So like it should be possible. And as yeah. you said, the Saka Odegaard, it feels like teams are setting up to like nullify that 
to either get very close to Odegaard or like stop his angles to Saka, so he they don't get the same interplay. Yeah, that's exactly it. I feel like the the classic move was like the ball would get pro- progressed from the first phase into the second. It would then go laterally to Odegaard. It would then go laterally to Saka. We're overloaded on that point. And then it was like Saka spaced out was Odegaard, spaced out was Xhaka, spaced out was Martinelli. And then it was Jesus in there. And it was like the, the positioning was just absolutely <laughs> bang on last season. And it feels like teams have really cut that supply um, and the, the spaces, and yeah, that's where I think we, we need to be quite creative with how we go around yeah. it. And it, you can see it in the nature of the questions and the talking points, right? Everyone is fundamentally, the theme is coming back to fluidity and uh, trying to mix things up. And it'll be really interesting to see what Arteta does about this. But um, a question for a bit, do you think Arteta is even concerned about the fluidity or perceived fluidity, mm-hmm. let's say? <clears throat> Probably because, like, if he, if we can see it, he definitely has definitely seen it as well. But I also think he's isn't super worried because if he was, he probably would have done bigger changes, tested Erdogan left center mid, or done something more drastic. Yeah. But he hasn't, so he probably doesn't think it's just as easy as doing one thing. It's you have to increase the tempo. He talked about that before the Sevilla game. We need to. Pass, move the ball faster, get better tempo, because when we do that, we get better in, in better zones. So I think he's worried, but not like he doesn't go sleepless at night. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's true. And obviously all of this has to bear in mind that the injury list as well has been absolutely yeah. ridiculous. I, I think with last season, we were able to put out the first 11, especially the first half of the season, pretty much every week. Yeah. And this season, it's constantly, there's someone missing, there's someone missing, there's someone missing. And uh, the the fact that we are where we are, this is why I'm I'm choosing to go with the narrative that we haven't clicked yet. And we've still got all of these big guns to come back. And boy, oh boy, if we're, if we top the Champions League group, if we're in and around the top of the league in February, like two, three points, and then we've got everyone coming back, who knows yeah. what we can achieve this season. And I guess with that in mind, like, uh, guys, if, if you're still in the chat and you've got any more questions, we'll look to wrap up soon, so get them in. But um, what are your hopes and ambitions for the season, given where we're at so far? The league is always tough because you know how good City are. Like, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they from now on went them. To- won every game like they can do that they won't yeah. but they could and we probably won't do that like they've done it too many times and we've done it we haven't even done it once yet we haven't, they, they probably hit 90 if they need to yeah. we need to hit 94 95 at least probably to win because they will hit minimum 90 i believe um do you think do you think but, they will hit minimum 90 again this season well, I say again, they did 89 last year, didn't they? Yeah, like, but if if they would have needed 90, they probably, yeah. yeah. So it's tough. You never know, because I think it's, it depends on how much we push them and how much Liverpool push them. But if they need it, I think they get 90 plus. If that's enough to win, I don't know. But the league, I believe, is tough to win because, yeah, they are just a juggernaut in the league. Yeah. Uh, Champions League, I think suits our team very well like you talked before the w- the wingers aren't doubled up nearly as much and we have seen that in every game so far martinelli saka i think they were top two i saw some graphic of dribbles 
successful dribblers or something, they were top two for Champions League players. And we have Rice, I think he's yeah. extremely suited to it. Transition it really feels monsters. like that signing was just like, a, I want to win the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels like that. And I think Champions League is our best bet. I, I think the so. cap, of course, but like if you want to talk the two top yeah. trophies, I think Champions League is the best one we have. Yeah, I, I, I really do agree. Um, and then final question before we wrap up is, on the fluidity, fully fit team, do, do you think it is a case of when everyone's fit uh, and we're playing teams, we will get back to consistent, clear chances and the perceived fluidity being more flow-based or is it something that you're actually concerned about? I am concerned, but I think and hope we get back to it because I think we should. I, I have always believed, like you spoke about it a lot last season and started this season, the finisher starters, I think, especially now that Party has shown he isn't available all the time, he can't be used as a yeah. starter every game. He can't. It's not going to work. So with that, I think we will see a lot of rotations with Odegaard, Party, Jorginho, Havertz, and I think that will benefit because we we will be more difficult to break down when teams don't know what to expect because if we have a game where you're not good at after 45 minutes, we switch one of those game guys around and we maybe bring Trossard on for some, and it's suddenly a different dynamic. So yeah. I think if everyone's fit, at least we have more unpredictability. So I think it should click better. Yeah, and this is why I'm like, as I'm tr trying to go down the narrative of like, it's quite frightening that we are where we are, um, given the injuries we've had. And got, yeah, yeah, just imagine if we do get to that February March period and we're in touch and distance everywhere, and people imagine come back and, then as well. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I've gone fifty three minutes without even saying good day, mate, to that lot down the road. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> I, I kind of touched on it at the start but that was more to illustrate the kind of context of going to the game on saturday without yeah. being a shit i was like it just, it just made me <laughs> laugh i um i actually said uh when i saw van der ven and madison was injured romero was yeah. suspended uh i actually said i don't see them winning any of their next three no. which was obviously wolves just gone uh aston villa coming up and then man city yeah. and uh, i still believe that i think not to make it about tottenham but like I do think offensively they have looked good uh, yeah. this season, but defensively, I I don't know how they've got away with it. I think they have so many vulnerabilities that yeah. just haven't been exposed somehow. Yeah, same. I think they've been a bit lucky that Van der Ven has been at the level he has been. Like, yeah. But I don't think it was sustainable. Like, even if he performed very well, I don't think he could cover and be as good as he has been. Still yeah. a very good centre back, but like his pace with Romero has been brilliant for them. Yeah. But I think we should have exposed them more. I agree. Uh, City would expose them Liverpool. I feel like they are they have somehow, like you say, gotten away with it, I feel. Yeah. Um, and when they got those in yours, I don't I had them locked in for top four, but I don't think they'd, they get top four now. Maybe. Really? I it's really hope you're right. fit, but yeah. like but like Madison is injured till January at least. Same with Van der Fan. And without those two, Lo Celso is their Madison replacement. Like yeah. not the same level. Yeah, it's a, it's one of the, struggle. Yeah, I, I think and hope you're right. It was uh 
I, I was never worried about them in a title context. Yeah. And I think that's the yeah. thing that, like, obviously my hatred for them goes deep, but it's just it's the sheer biased and naivety yeah. of them. It happens every year. Like, I've been here, seen this rodeo every time. And granted, yeah. it, 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 it does feel different under this fat guy that manages them. But, like, he, yeah, again, it's, yeah, they've, they've got a vision that they can get behind, but there's a ceiling to them this season. Yeah. And, uh, it felt like they were genuinely believing their own hype. So never worried about title race. I, like no. you, had them locked for top four. And um, I'm hoping that the injuries derail that because even though we're all about Arsenal and like, fuck them, it's still nice to know that there's some misery in their life still. So. Yeah, yeah. You're always, you're always happy when Spurs lose. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, it, like I said at the start of the episode, walking... Uh, over, I think it was the Ken Fryer Bridge walking to the stadium and just hearing everyone start chanting, everyone straight on the phone to figure it, uh, figure out what had happened. Uh, yeah, it was very funny. So, yeah, long may their misery continue. But um, that that's a wrap. That was uh, everything. And uh, I don't know if you've got anything else that you want to end on, anything that you want to bring up to chat about? No, I think we've covered the most. So cool. I'm happy. Nice one. Brilliant. And yeah, like I said, it was uh, lovely to have you on. Obviously, you've been one of like like Bobby, like Mike, like Hassan. There's a few of you that are like regular listeners and you've been one of them since the start of the pod. So, uh, yeah, thank, thanks a lot. It's uh, always appreciate the, the amount that you share and support and give us love. It, yeah, yeah. it really means a lot. And uh, yeah, it was nice to obviously it was the first time we've actually met, uh, well, yeah. met <laughs> yeah. through, through a webcam. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 It was really nice to put a face to the name. We were so, supposed um, to last year. That's yeah. game, but uh, your glasses. <laughs> My glasses got broken, yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. didn't even go on to win the league. So, nope. yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, everyone that joined us, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the international break. Uh, we will be back uh, in just over a week. Obviously, we've got Brentford away to return to in the Premier League as we look to hit uh, the ground running again, heading into the Christmas period. So, uh, we were the Arsenal Bite Size Podcast. Uh, I was your host, Clayton, and I was joined by our good friend, Pontus. So, yeah, thanks again, mate. Really appreciate you having you. Uh, coming, spending the time to come on. And, uh, yeah, up the Arsenal and enjoy the international break. Cheers, everyone.